So when I first got here, I don't remember how long it took, but at some point, Sister Mary Augustine sent me an email. And uh, I don't remember what it was about, but I remember distinctly the way she signed the email, smog. And I was like, well, isn't that just... I don't get it. Are you a big Lord of the Rings fan? Because that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing dragon. Oh, it took me way longer than I should have to realize that is the abbreviation of Sister Mary Augustine. But anyway, it made me think of a dragon. And uh, serious question today, okay? How cool is it that dragons exist? That's the right answer. Thank you, sister. Uh, she's like, Father, you've gone a little crazy. Yeah, no, but they do, okay, and uh, let me show you my work. So, the fact that dragons exist, or the fact that we think that dragons could possibly exist, mean that on some, some conceptual plane, they exist. Dragons, unicorns, minotaurs, krakens, I mean, all of these whimsical creatures, they at least exist in our minds, which means that they exist in God. Because there's no way we could come up with them. There's no way that we could think of them if they didn't already exist in God. Because if God is omniscient, he's omnipotent, he's ever-present, then he's in everything and knows everything and has thought of everything. So there's not an original thought that we could have that doesn't already exist in God. So therefore, dragons exist in God. I think. I don't know. You're better <laughs> philosophers than I, but that's, that's the posit that I'm going with this morning. I think... That's pretty a, a safe assumption. And they exist, like I said, in a conceptual way, but I'm pretty sure it's because we looked at what was already created and we're like, wouldn't that be cool if that could breathe fire? <laughs> or God at one point was like, hey, hey, check it out, angel. Hey, yeah, I'm gonna make this giant reptile creature. I'm not gonna give it the ability to breathe fire, but I'm gonna think about it. That would be awesome. Because... I feel like our God is a whimsical God. Like he is super into the creative. He's super into the, the possibilities and he's just not confined by anything. Like we like to limit God and be like, no, no, no. There's no way that God could do that. There's no way that this could be possible. And God is sitting over there like, dude, I created unicorns. I can do whatever I want. Um, which is, I think, seen in the first reading. Well, kind of this reading, kind of the last few days. We're hearing the back and forth between Peter, John, and the Sanhedrin. And I also just have to imagine that God at one point was like, hey, hey, angel, check this out. Okay, okay, so you're going to go down and get Peter and John. Okay, but you, angel, you're going to go down and like put your wings over this guard's eye so that they can just walk right out of prison and no one's going to know. Like, this is going to be the best practical joke ever. I'm so creative. You know, like... <laughs> I see that playing out in God. It probably didn't happen that way, but that's how I see it happening. Um, because I feel like God is super childlike. Again, because children exist, therefore they have to, all the attributes of children have to exist in God, where they're just impressed by the silly and the fun and the imaginative, and they're super creative and not confined by the possibilities of what we see functioning in natural law and everything, but they're like, what if you guys what if? And that's just the best thing ever. Well, maybe not the best thing ever. Probably salvation is the best thing ever, but it's pretty cool. So speaking of dragons, obviously we're talking about St. George today uh, and who 
is for centuries depicted as slaying a dragon, saving a princess. I mean, the dude is like a Disney prince hero. Um, but also he comes from one of my favorite regions, that of Cappadocia in Turkey in the 200s-ish. Um, and so for all of you patristic scholars and fans, that's like... 50-ish years before the Cappadocian fathers come onto the scene. And again, one of my favorite descriptions of Cappadocia ever is, in speaking of the patristic fathers, um, it says, Cappadocia, not really a place that you would imagine theologians coming from, more a place you would imagine vile snakes emanating forth from. <laughs> so, you know, great region. Uh, but St. George, depicted as killing a dragon, slaying a dragon, saving the day, um, I'm not going to tell you that that didn't happen because again, I feel like uh, the God that created dinosaurs on our earth could have been like, eh, I'm going to let dragons exist for this time, but then I'm totally getting rid of them. Maybe, I don't know. That's probably not what happened, but it, it exists in the realm of possibilities. Or maybe it is the fact that St. George, having been a soldier, uh, having probably been a pretty good one, had sort of a, a dark side to him had this bloodlust that would come out when he was in battle, had what felt like something else inside of him taking over that maybe he one day described to someone else as like a dragon inside of him. And as a Christian, once he converted, once he had this intense experience of Christ and became his disciple, had to put to death that side of him, had to allow Christ to purify that side of him, and it felt like he was slaying a dragon. Again, I'm not going to tell you which one happened because both are possible. But I know that once he found Christ, he could no longer go along living the way that he had and that he had to, to make some changes, which eventually led to his martyrdom because he would not give up his Christian faith. Um, and one more mention of the readings today. The line at the very end, where is it? He does not ration his gift of the Holy Spirit like, how cool is that? Because that means that we're literally capable of anything. We can walk on water, we can raise the dead, we can cast out demons, we can heal people, but just by having them touch the hem of our garment, I mean, like, we're not limited in the capacity of what we can do because Jesus did those things, but then he told us that we would do that and more. So if he's not rationing the Holy Spirit, we pretty much have unlimited power. Okay, God has unlimited power, but may in fact use us for unlimited cool things. So a God that has created the idea or the possibility of unicorns and dragons and allows for that to exist in himself and allows us to participate in that creativity, I just can't imagine would be hemmed in by anything like the laws of physics or science. And while he functions in those most of the time, would absolutely be willing to be like, well, I'm going to suspend that law for a little bit to achieve his purpose and to bring about the kingdom of God. So let's never put God in a box or question what he's capable of or what we are capable of through the power of the Holy Spirit.